airing the Addisons. Let me say this, as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, we've got to be careful and make sure that in everything, man, we are trying to get as close to what the word says as possible. And we got to understand that with that type of wickedness, man, you know, God does not wink at that. That's judgment. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. And you don't have shades of truth. You have truth or you have error. You have fact or you have fiction. And now we go into the thick of it. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Aaron Addison's. On American Family Radio, thank you for joining us today. We appreciate it. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And Sherry B. is over in Studio CC. We're going to try to move through um, one topic of discussion today mm-hmm. and uh, get to some of your calls in the last in the last segment. We've got just one article that we intend to uh, focus in on and then, of course, bring in some other references to, to sort of have a conversation. Well, I say sort of. To have a conversation. Yeah. We're going to have a conversation around this. Um, but again, we keep talking about what is happening in the culture. Mm-hmm. We can uh, continue to consume the headlines. Um, the headlines are relentless every day, it seems. I don't think that's an exaggeration, but every day it seems that there's something new to show us where we are in mm. the United States of America. Right. And that's sad. That's sad because what happens is uh, for many of us, we are. Um, grieving the loss of the type of country we once had. Yeah. And then, but you can't really even look at solutions, you know, in the midst of this grief, you're looking at solutions, but um, the, the grief is aggravated over and over again because every day there is something new that unfolds, right? right? Like you're, you're not at the place of like recovery and then saying, okay, now, okay, what, what do we do? Like, how do we, how do we reach people with the truth? You know, there, there are those who are um, full of the spirit of God, who mm-hmm. can see what's happening in mm-hmm. this country and recognize without mincing words that the only solution is Christ. Yeah. That's one win. That's the first win, right? right. Then you, right. You, how do you get the gospel to people? And um, that is the conversation that we want to have today. And in order to do that, the question I think that we have to ask is what is the Christian's message? Mm. So that's our topic of discussion. And we'll use one article as the backdrop and then bring in a couple references here for conversation. But what is the Christian's message? Mm -hmm. Uh, The rapper flame had a song out, man, I want to say maybe, maybe five years ago uh, from his album forward. Mm. And in one of his songs, and it is one of those uh, those lines that is just such a zinger because you realize that if we are feeding people in the culture anything other than the gospel, right, then we are doing them a disservice. If we're right. if we're trying to help them live a better life, if we're trying to help them be better patriots, but we are not giving them the gospel, we're doing them a disservice, right? Yeah. If we just want to create people that we feel more comfortable around. Um, eternally, we are failing them, right? We're letting them down. Right. And one of the lines in his song, and you'll remember this because it always, like I went nuts every time. It, it's, in, <laughs> it's in the chorus. <laughs> and every time he says it or said it, we, which I've been listening to it again here recently, but he, he, he wrote and then rapped better than I can. So I'll just read it to you. Just think of it as a poem. He wrote, our message is more than a challenge. Mm-hmm. It's more than we're morally damaged. 
You should turn from your sin because he's coming again and eternity hangs in the balance. Mm. Oh my goodness. Every time I hear him rap that, like there is something that I just, I am stirred all over again to make sure that what we are doing in the culture is that we're not just giving people best life now lines. Okay. And, and let me tell you something. You think that's easy to spot. It's not, it's not because we always think that what we are prescribing, even if it's our version of best life now, we think it's 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 gospel, right? I mean, that's good, right? <laughs> right? But only the gospel is the gospel, friends. Amen. Amen. <laughs> okay. <laughs> there, remember, only the gospel is the gospel. Amen. This is what Paul was saying to the Galatians. They want to trouble you with another gospel, but there is no other gospel. That's right. So even our best attempts at trying to give people something that is good right? If we're not giving them the gospel, then we are failing them. And our country is in desperate need of the gospel. Amen. Amen. Desperate need. So here is the article that Will the Great and I read, and we want to have a little bit of a conversation around it. This kind of strikes right in the wheelhouse of where we are, what we deal with, (laughs) uh, what we care deeply about. And hopefully in some way (laughs) every day, what we're trying to encourage you to care about as well. This article is from the Christian Post. Um, uh, Leonardo Blair is the writer here. And the headline that grabbed my attention is this. In culture pushing gospel without God, Sunday school isn't enough for Christian kids. <laughs> and that is coming from Tim Keller. Mm-hmm. Now, I read this article and it's, of course, we'll put links in the podcast so you can go back and read it for yourself. But I read this article and I thought, wow, you know, Keller actually <laughs> repeatedly hits on points yeah. that like <laughs> he gets it right. Yeah. He, he is spot on. And so what I want to do is I want to share a little bit of this article with you. And then I'll tell you, I, I was reminded of a book that a friend of our family, Sam, gave me mm-hmm. about two years ago, maybe a year and a half. It's uh, written by Ken Ham. And I'm going to recommend this book as a resource for families. Uh, it's called gospel reset salvation made relevant. And, uh, when, when I was given this book a couple years ago, I was told by Sam, Mickey, you need to read this book. And I was like, okay, yeah, no, I'll just, I'll put it in my queue. He says it's a small book. You read it over the weekend. He was absolutely right. <laughs> I couldn't put it down and it is a small book and it's so relevant to where we are now that I pulled it out again for the sake of this conversation. So I mm. want to highly recommend this book. Uh, it's gospel reset salvation made relevant written by Ken Ham. You're going to, when, when you read it, let me tell you, first thing you're going to say is, Oh, this is so true. Why, why didn't I see this before? <laughs> because, because Ken Ham got there first. So, so now <laughs> we all get to, <laughs> just funny. kidding. Um, <laughs> anyways, so I, we'll talk about that. Cause I'm going to read some excerpts from this book as well when we get there. Uh, but let's just start with this article here and just kind of dig in okay. sort of like a letter that you open and you just let's, let's talk about it here. Um, the, the, the piece begins this way. Modern secular culture is on a march to evangelize Christians. <sighs> Let me just say that again. We're never going to get through it. If I just repeat <laughs> lines, right people, <laughs> but y'all know, okay. Modern secular culture is on a march to evangelize Christians and Sunday school church services and youth groups are no longer enough to inoculate Christian children from its new gospel without God. That's the point 
that Tim Keller is making. He was uh, part of a panel discussion, something called a Q session. And he he was actually a part of this with Francis Chan. And I was reading last week another article um, that highlighted some of the points that Francis Chan was making, which really it's like one two punch to the culture. But it's also it's 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 a a wake up call to the church. church. And so, yeah, I mean, I mean, that's that's the only way you can look at it. You know, we should be stirred by this. Yes. Back to this article. Keller warned that secular culture in America is now at a point where the only sin is to tell people that they sin. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Look, and everybody's like, man, it's so true. true. (laughs) That's your sin. Your sin is telling people that they sin. Anyway, and traditional Protestant catechism needs to better prepare Christian children to thrive in a world where they are constantly bombarded with the new secular gospel on social media. Mm. Here's a quote from Keller. Roughly speaking, roughly speaking, every other culture always taught that the truth is something outside me. It could be family, God, dying for my country, and to be a person of honor and worth, authenticity. Uh, You had to find that truth and align your feelings with the truth. Now, Keller goes on, Mm -hmm. now the understanding is truth is inside you. (laughs) You go inside to find the great depths and Mm -hmm. then you come (laughs) out and you tell everybody else that you have, you now have to accommodate me. Yeah. Tim Keller's words there. Yeah. What that means is, he continues here, we're the first culture not only that does not believe there's truth out there or there is truth out here, it's all subjective. Also, he says, it's the first culture that doesn't just think Christians are wrong, but that they are the problem. Mm. Remember a while back, we started talking about how we have got to prepare our kids. Look, if your kids are Bible believing Christians, if you're a Bible believing Christian and you're training your kid to be a Bible believing Christian, you have got to prepare them that they are the minority. Forget skin color. Right. Come on. Forget socioeconomic status. That's not the great divider. Right. That's you. You know, any of those things, your kids can manage and learn how to assimilate into the culture and be celebrated. Right. Any of those things. And I know for some of our listeners are like, well, not mine. No, I'm telling you. The culture has a remedy for they they will they can show your kid how to assimilate and how to become a part of a larger construct. Mm-hmm. The only kids that will not assimilate and therefore will be ostracized and will be made to feel that they are the others are going to be the Bible believing Christians who don't bend and who don't waver. So what does that mean? That means you've got to start teaching your kids right now. Yeah. That they are the minority. And they have like the alarm is being sounded, sounded right now. And the culture is, you know, the backdrop. You can see what's going on. You can see how things, if you, if you can see how things mm-hmm. are shaping up, you know, that all guns, you know, <laughs> are pointed towards those yes. who are in Christ. And so yes. the thing is for our children, you know, the, we know that the, the normal uh, way things go is that our children will outlive us. Right. So we have to right. think about the type of world that they will live in and are yes. presently living in right and now. so yeah and so that should be an urgency within every christian parent to make sure that our children are equipped you know and we talked about this on um on sunday mm-hmm. at church 
that yeah. it's more than just head knowledge. It's more That's than right. my parents made me go to church or mm-hmm. I go to church because my parents say so. Or I read my Bible because we have this um, devotion time in which we're supposed to read, but that mm-hmm. there is a connection that's there. That's and, right. You know, and I think we need to have those checkup with our checkups with our children to mm-hmm. see where they are, like what what's going on, you know, to yeah. to even see if they're even in the faith. Because a lot of times when they when they go off, if if they go off to college, that's you know that's some of the places where they really uh, get spun, uh, spun around. You know, that's right, and twist you it know, up. You know. And and I will tell you, you know, there are many parents and grandparents who are listening and you think about your kids and you think about your grandkids and you think about the type of world you're trying to prepare them for. Mm -hmm. And and so in many instances, let's just look at where we are now. And we might think in terms of, well, I've got to educate my kids so that they are competitive, right? So that they can make it in this world. Or I've got to give my kid a certain amount of empathy so that they can be able to relate to people. And and all of these things are good things. They're not bad things in and of themselves. But if I can just double back to the point that we're making here and what we're trying to stress is that the dividing line will be over thought. Mm. It's not going to be over ability. Mm -hmm. It's it's not going to be over whether or not you have your kid has compassion, Because remember, the compassion is going to have to be put into action in this culture. And what does that look like? Well, it looks like not telling someone that there is right and there is wrong. Not telling the truth. Right. That's love in this culture. That's that's how our culture defines it today. So so what you've got to begin. And and look, let me tell you what. hmm, This has messed Christian parents and Christian kids up for a very long time. And look, you need to be able to confess that to the Lord. You need to repent of it. And you need to turn from it because it it is it jeopardizes your kids ability to stand. We have tried to create popular kids. Mm. Christians have tried to create man, popular on, kids. Man. We we want our girls to be those girls, yeah. you know, and we want our guys to be those guys. Popular, but not we peculiar. Want them, <laughs> right. Right. That's exactly right. We've we've pref- we've preferred popular mm-hmm. over mm-hmm. peculiar. Yeah. We don't want our kids to be peculiar. So everything Mm. that we have communicated to them has been, how do you make the world accept you while I, but I still want you to keep Christ in your pocket. Mm. Okay. Keep Christ in your pocket. So now we're going to have to make a mental switch where we're not sending our kids after popularity anymore. But what we are to desire is what should have always been our desire and its peculiarity where our kids are not like the kids in the world and they've got to be okay with that. Mm. And mom, dad, you've got to be okay with that too. Our desires change Christians. Mm -hmm. Aaron, the Addison's American family radio. We'll take a break and we'll be right back. Could imagine so great a mercy? What heart could fathom such boundless grace? The God of ages stepped down from glory to wear my sin and bear my shame. Post Christian culture is based on liberation from Christianity. If you go to China or Africa and you're talking to animists or Confucianists or people like that, they may think you're wrong. 
They may even want to kill you because they feel like you're imperialistic. Mm -hmm. But modern secular people are actually saying the thing we need to be saved from is the idea we need to be saved. (laughs) The thing we need redemption from is the idea we need redemption. That's Tim Keller um, in this Q panel discussion that he was a part of recently here. Uh, Basically, the point that he's making, as this article from the Christian Post outlines, is that what we are giving our kids right now is... um, it's not sufficient for the culture that we're living in. And that's what Will the Great and I are having a conversation around. Welcome back to Aaron the Addisons. This is American Family Radio. I'm Miki. And I'm Will, and that's Phil Wickham, Living Hope. So the question is, you know, um, when when we are training our kids, what is the goal that we have in mind? And, you know, what what is what is the outcome that we're hoping for? Are we hoping for kids who are successful by the world's terms and definitions? Um, are we hoping for kids who are popular? We kind of touched on that a little bit mm-hmm. before we went to the break. Um, and then just but also can turn to turn to God, you know, when you need him. Right. Right. Like that's don't don't forget your heritage. You know, um, Christianity Man. is and isn't just our heritage. Right. It mm-hmm. isn't just our culture. It's not just what we do. Jesus Christ is our salvation Amen. in him alone is hope. Like, remember our message is more than a challenge. Yes. <laughs> I'm not going to, I might before it's no, over, but sure. again, it's, it's more than just, you know, be, be a good person. And I think what we have done is we have just made our kids, um, you know, into people who think that by their own human effort and, you know, and their sweet Jesus Mm-hmm. Right. That they can live good lives. But we have got to do something different now. We and and probably never should have been doing that in the first place. Um, but now Man. we have to do something different. And it's crazy because that type of mentality, if that's a mentality that we would have as Christian parents, you know, like mm-hmm. oh, just, that's being torn to shreds. Yeah. These, these yeah. kids are that's being like, you know, in this culture. And mm-hmm. I mean, look, we, we need to set up our, our children to win. You know, and that's that's by really discipling them, really, you know, uh, hitting on those things that are are important, you know, that this world, number one, is not our home, you know. That's right. And and being popular in this world, man, it it, it doesn't amount to anything with a lot of heartache and and pain, you know. That's right. And so, man, I'm hoping that parents, that we would be able to see, like, the importance of us really you know, uh, discipling our, our children and raising them in such a way where they can be presented to the Lord as solid Christians, you know, Amen. ready Amen. for this culture, Amen. because this culture is it's it's crazy, man. It's crazy. And look, and, and, and I'll say this, too. You know, some of the desires that we have for our children and, you know. For us parents, we are going to have to submit our desires to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Mm, that's good. And and so it's not it's not just, you know, the generation X or the mm-hmm. millennial or whatever. You know, it, it's not just the the younger generation that has the problem. Some of this has to come <laughs> to our doorstep as yeah. parents and grandparents where we didn't realize. But what we wanted for them mm-hmm. was to have what this world offers, but also but just to be moral, mm. be good people. We we, we want them to go to church on Sunday mm-hmm. and we want them to use their manners and, mm-hmm. you know, but at the same time we want them to have that, but 
everything that the world offers. And it sends a very confusing message. If you say to a kid, keep Christ in your pocket, you would not actually say that. But, you know, for all intents and purposes, that's what you're communicating. That's actually quite different from what the scripture teaches. If you look in Galatians, Galatians chapter three, the apostle Paul is writing to the Galatians and he says, as many of you who have been baptized, he says, you have put on Christ. Mm. You're wearing Christ. You're not tucking him in so that he's not an offense, right? right? Like you, you are wearing Christ. So that means you're that contrary to what our brother Andy Minio said, you actually are leading with the, the message, right? You know what I mean? You're leading with the gospel. Like, right. I, I think he said something, whatever he wants said, to lead, lead with the, with the and art let, and the, lead with the, the art and the let the message follow. catch up. Yeah. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Yeah. We have you have to do a show on exposing some of that stuff for, <laughs> for this audience. Um, no, but but as a Christian, you are actually leading with the gospel. You're mm-hmm. you you have put on Christ, right? So you're now hidden in Christ. So that means that everything that is coming from you, it should be evident that you've had this conversion experience, and that should be evident in our children. Think about this in the course Man. of conversation when you talk to parents. Some of the things that they communicate about how their kids are doing has nothing to do with their spiritual makeup. Mm. You ask like mm-hmm. how when uh, most for most parents the communication of how your kids are doing does not begin with you talking about spiritually where you perceive them to be. Yeah. It's usually all of the stuff that's like going on, but it's like you know then you get a little bit older and then you know you lead with that. Mm-hmm. You start talking about, "Man, you know, I just and I feel the Lord, I need to Draw closer. You know, you you start to think about your, but it's like what we are inadvertently saying is that young kids, we we don't need any care for their spiritual makeup. Right. Like it's it's just all about you know what are their grades, you know how they doing in sports, you know, um, is, is your daughter popular? You know, she <laughs> right. got a good circle of friends. I mean, and, it's and just that's the thing. We don't. Things, we know. don't say that. You know, but you know, but it's those things that we that that's in our heart. You know, like yeah, it's those things that. They get played out in, in how we actually live our lives, like what's important to right. us, you know. And I was thinking about the, the scripture, uh, Colossians uh, chapter 3, verse uh, 2. It says, set your mind on things above. These are the things that Amen. we have to implement ourselves and teach our children, not on the things of on the earth. For you have mm-hmm. died and your life <laughs> is hidden with Christ in God. Then in 4 it says, when Christ who is our life <laughs> wow. is revealed. Then you also oh, will be revealed with him in glory. Oh my goodness. Christ yeah. is our life. Like is our know, life. And, and, and oh, so my goodness. man, just having those things impressed upon our children and to understand that like this life. Yeah. You, you, you want your, your children to be successful, but only as mm-hmm. you know, as they're living unto the Lord, God has that plan worked out. You know, but we should want that their character would be shaped, you know, the way that the the Lord would have it to be shaped to where they are men and women of God. And and that should be something that's first and foremost in our our minds in the development of our children. Amen. And, and, you know, I'll, I'll say this, too. Something else that has to be taken into consideration is what is competing against that message. Like even if you Mm. as a parent, you say. That is what I am trying to instill in my kids. That that mm-hmm. that is what I'm saying to them, but it's like constantly coming up against a wall when you talk to them. Well, then that means that you've got competition in messaging. Mm. That means that somebody else or something else or some culture else 
Okay, yeah. that's not a thing. But the culture <laughs> is teaching your kids something yeah. that is totally different from what you're teaching your kids. So you've got to find out mm-hmm. where the breaches are. I'll give you an example. Mm-hmm. So we don't have um, we don't have direct TV. And I think most people like, we, you know, we don't have cable television or anything like that. We have Roku where we can choose the different channels mm-hmm. and choose the different clips that our kids are watching. And we had slowly uh, begun to purge <laughs> purge our family of all you know disney content like just you know it's one of those things where you're just like okay that one's out that's out you know and trying to just because you still want them to have some entertainment right and Mm -hmm. so um one of the things that i noticed that we had we let our kids they could watch video clips of um disney stars i'm using my quotey fingers right Mm -hmm. and we this i want to say maybe two or three years ago maybe two years ago we started to notice some changes in their personalities, right? Mm-hmm. Like um, a difference in their behavior. And we're like, well, we know how you spend your days. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So mm-hmm. it's not like we need to figure out who your friends are and what your influences are. But we noticed that what they were um, beginning to mimic in their communication and um, the things that they desired, it was these short two to three minute video clips Mm -hmm. like these characters and you know that coolness that comes from them and that that smug you know kind of (laughs) way that sometimes young girls can talk to each other and we started seeing yeah Mm -hmm. oh man yeah so so we were like not so lord (laughs) (laughs) we're not about to try to disciple california kids no no offense (laughs) california just they they don't Uh, live here okay no. I mean, y'all, y'all are right. Um, but so we were like, uh, you know what? The video clips are out. And yeah. of course, the air leaves the room. Right. <gasps> Wait, no, but there's, th- but th- we did a check on it. Everything's good. Yeah, on the surface. But what we see happening here is discipleship. Your character is being shaped by this consumption. So, no, we're, we're there. Uh, I can't even think of any of the names of the characters right now, and which I'm sure if I asked a kid, they would be able to tell me. But, Whatever little girl's name is, you know, is not going to be that was one in particular playing though. in our house. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like we're not. <laughs> I, I feel like I want to say her name is Jojo Siwa, but I might be wrong. Yeah, about I don't that. know. But is that yeah. not? It may be. So. I don't know. Anyways, <laughs> no offense if anybody is still, you know, that's fine. But I'm like, get your bows and get out. Like you're, <laughs> you and your bows can go. You know, right. we're not doing it. We're not doing the sassy. And and why do I say that? I'm saying because they can there can be these small breaches in your family that you think you've got all your bases covered. It's not the, you know, big glaring things often. Sometimes as will you say often, it's the small foxes. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying that you got to watch for. And so anyway, my encouragement is that parents, we as parents, we have to be relentless, right? Yeah. Like we can't just we can't go on autopilot and I know that's exhausting, right? That's why as I'm I don't know it yet because I'm not here, but that's why I understand that grandparents enjoy their grandkids so much <laughs> because they can, they you know, spend a few hours with them and then, okay, you here go. you go, baby. Take, <laughs> <laughs> take, I did my time. take that one back with you. I've done my time. And then there you go. Anyway, back to this article though. Here's Tim Keller again. He says, we don't have much control over what our kids hear now. And social media takes those catechisms um, and and of what does what does it mean for self and what does it mean to be free? What does it mean to be happy? And then goes after your kids. The point that he's making here is is a great one. He's saying that the world is catechizing our kids. Yeah. Right. The world is giving our kids a set of responses 
to questions that the world says, this is what is important for you to know. This is what is important for you to espouse when you are asked, right? And ultimately, this is what is important for you to believe. And so the world is doing a sort of call and response, Mm. all right? Call and response. And we don't realize it, but our kids are taking this in. We call it indoctrination, which is why we are very proud when we say we indoctrinate our kids. That's right. We are training them in sound doctrine. Because if we're not, not somebody else is. That's exactly right. (laughs) There's no such thing as just a blank slate. Somebody is always writing on that. There's no no blank slate. Somebody is always writing on that. Anyways, Tim Keller here. He says, so basically, talking about our kids, they are getting catechized. So if you just take them to church and to Sunday school or youth group, that's nothing compared to what they're getting. That's what Tim Keller says. And then he goes a step further. And this is where I want to make the transition here so we don't run out of too much time. Because I feel like there are echoes here of uh, gospel reset and what he's saying. And it reminded me of this book. He says, looking at our catechisms, you know, he says it's biblical doctrine, biblical doctrine that we're just putting out there for our kids. So we're thinking of like um, the way our kids, our kids were catechized, like maybe 300 or 400 years ago. Mm -hmm. Who is God? Who is Jesus? You know, Mm -hmm. like that, that kind of thing. And he says, basically, I'm going to sum it up because I want to move quickly. He says, what we are doing is we are not taking those beliefs and putting them in a context. He says, we are assuming, essentially, he says, we are assuming some basic things about the culture and about our children that are not accurate. Mm -hmm. And this is very similar to the point that Ken Ham makes in his book, Gospel Reset, salvation made relevant. Ken Ham says, now wait for this because this, you know, you have to let this kind of sink in for a second. Ken Ham says that the presentation that Peter made in acts two was a presentation made to a group of people that had a set of shared beliefs. Mm -hmm. So they were ready. They were ready to hear repent They were ready to hear this is what God has done. They knew exactly who God was. Mm -hmm. He was talking about the God of creation, the God from the beginning, right? So at this Acts 2 experience where you have all of these thousands of people who get saved, they hear the gospel, they get saved. They already have a starting point that assumes the same thing. But the point that Ken Ham makes in the book Gospel Reset, he says, we are no longer talking to an Acts 2 group of people. Mm. Ken Ham says we're talking to Acts 17. We are talking to a pagan culture where nothing is assumed, nothing is agreed upon. So you've got to take the starting point that you assume these people should have. They don't have it. Mm. And you've got to lay that foundation for them. And I'm going to tell you, listen, that is exactly where we are. We are no longer the United States of America, that shining city on a hill. Even that reference, that resounds with some people. There are people who get that, they yeah. hear that, and they're like, oh, yes, the this, this, this shining city on a hill. Right. But we now live in a country where they're like, what? What? What, what are you talking about? Right. What are you talking about? It's the opposite in a lot it's of It's the, the opposite. Minds. Like, oh, this is a terrible place. This is horrible. Darkness. This is, <laughs> and, and so listen, it is in that context that we have now got to train our kids to respond. No longer acts chapter two, where we all know who we're talking about when we say God, 
But it's Acts 17. This unknown God that you proclaim, let me tell you who he is. Mm. So look, even when people say, God bless America, you got to make sure that they actually know who they're talking about. (laughs) We can't assume some basic things about our culture anymore. That's scary, but it's also a grand opportunity for us. Mm. We'll grab the break and come back and open up the phone lines. This is Aaron the Addisons on American Family Radio. Stay right there. Back to Aaron the Addisons on American Family Radio. That's a great pick, Will. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. I can. Uh, I, say I, let, yeah, I let it go. What's, what's in the system? Sometimes really? you let it go. Sometimes you change it. Yeah. No, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> and, I like it a lot. And I'm Will, and that's Old Give Thanks, uh, Judith McAllister. In the context that I grew up in, I can see like in my church, like <laughs> ushers wearing white with white yes. gloves on, directing people where to sit. Come forward. Why that? What? <laughs> While the choir is singing. (laughs) Anyways, um, all right. Let me read a quote to you here from uh, Ken Ham's uh, Gospel Reset. And and then we'll give the number. We'll open the phone lines here. In Acts 2, Peter preached to Jews, while in Acts 17, Paul preached to Greeks. Their approaches were different based upon the worldviews of their audiences. The Jews in Acts 2 believed, thought, and viewed their world from a Jewish perspective. They already knew and understood what the Bible teaches about creation, sin, and other topics. However, the Greeks in Acts 17 did not have a foundational knowledge of biblical teaching on creation, sin, or other matters. Ken Ham goes on. America as a culture used to be like Jews in this respect. Used to be like Jews in this respect. But that's no longer the case. Our culture has declined having become more like the Greeks. Mm. And then he says this, most churches still teach kids in their Sunday schools as if we still live in this Jewish style culture instead of the Greek culture we find ourselves in. What we are giving our kids, what, you know, (laughs) the church too is giving our kids is insufficient for the time that they are living in. Yeah. We're no longer living in that Acts 2 setting. We are in that Acts 17 setting. And as painful as that is, that means that we're going to have to change the way we talk to our audience. That means we're going to have to equip our kids to live differently. There are some basic things that we once assumed that we can no longer assume uh, if we if we intend or hope to make gains for the glory of God. Yeah. All right. I'll give the number here. Eight, eight, eight. 589-8840, 888-589-8840. Will the Great, I I thought you were going to make a point as well. Oh, yeah. Well, there was in our uh, chat, we have a, a, we call it the turban. Uh, There was a comment made by Brother Ari. He says, so basically many believers have homes where the culture is making disciples of the children in these homes because we only allot two days a week with our children. And that's Mm. Sunday and then one weeknight. And that's so true. That's wow. That's a lot. A lot of what it amounts to, you know. And you know, that's I, excellent point. And, Art. Yeah, yeah. And I think you know, there's so many parents who feel like, man, you know, I'm doing it, you know, uh, by letting the church 
uh, take the responsibility. It's not enough. But man, that's not even how it's supposed to be. The church comes alongside as a supplement, as a help, mm-hmm. you know, for what's going on in the home. You know, it's not the other way around where the church should shoulder the load of discipling our children. That's our job. But mm-hmm. the church is instrumental in helping us, you know, reinforce uh, what's being discipled in the home. You know, um, I remember about 15 years ago, we were doing campus ministry and um, we were up. I, I would say we we're in the northeast. I can't remember which I can't remember the name of the campus where we were. But I, I remember I wanted to do this experiment. It was about 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were doing a contact table where we're out, you know, in the square talking mm-hmm. to students and, and inviting them and, and just seeing where they are ministering to them as the spirit of God leads. And um, just while we were there, I was like, you know, okay, I'm going to just, I'm just going to try this out just to see. Um, And I walked up to a kid and I just said, I said, you know, your mom would want you to go to church. We were at Fairmont. Fairmont State. Okay. Thank you. You remember that? Okay. Mm -hmm. I said, it was just my, just, just, just a little meeky experiment. You know, (laughs) I said, you know, your mom would want you to go to church. And he said, man, I know I just I've, I've been and I was like, you need you need to come. You need to come. And 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 sure enough, that kid actually did come. Yep. And I, I don't remember if he was a believer already and just sort of like, you know, just out there or if he was converted. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. But I know that. Um, well, obviously, he made a profession of faith because he got plugged into that ministry mm-hmm. and grew in his faith. Mm-hmm. And it was amazing. Like today. I think if I tried that same thing, somebody might spit on me. Like, like, for what? <laughs> what did you, <laughs> you go to church for what? And no, don't talk mama, about my mama. My mama don't think that. <laughs> <laughs> right. No. Now, see, that's that's actually the that's the sober point right there. <laughs> the kids that we are coming in contact Man. with today, it's not only that they are not asked to, but their parents are not asked. Right. To. We wasn't raised so, in church. I mean, yeah. We don't. Yeah. So the foundation is completely different. Right. Anyway, let's go to the phone lines. I think you always have a way of saving these points, Will. Thank you so much. Uh, 888-589-8840. Where should we go first? Let's go to Bobby in Texas. Hi, Bobby. Oh, hi, and I love y'all. God bless you. I believe I have the root cause of all of this. Okay. And it was me and you, <laughs> but it still is the rest of all the mothers and fathers that are out there that are not raising these children. They're bent like an arrow. If anybody's ever made an arrow, you never make one perfectly straight. But you get it with the bent right Mm. so that when you shoot it and that child goes off, they hit that mark almost perfectly every time. Mm. And we've lost that concept of talking to our children in a way like we come to the father like a child Mm-hmm. You can hear my passion because he's given me this authority to speak on because I've buried my 12-year-old, and it's the hardest thing for a mother and a father to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So sorry. And then the next hardest thing for me to do was to literally turn it all over to him. Mm-hmm. But when we get this right and we walk with our father, he reveals these things to us so that we have the authority to speak his word over what the real problem is, because every generation has raised their child to their generation, which is one generation behind (laughs) that generation, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So the acronyms that everybody used are all have truths, and I've stopped watching TV because that's ridiculous. (laughs) And 
they they have forgotten how to answer their youngest child as they take out the trash. No. Why? <laughs> you know, that's the first thing you go to. Hmm. Well, we should answer them simply because I have to answer to a higher authority than <laughs> than you or mom or anybody else. Mm-hmm. And when I give my answer to my father in heaven, because I'm going to be judged how every word that comes out of my mouth, every deed, every action, I'm going to be judged according to my own accord. Hmm. If people can get that common sense logic, mm-hmm. we would get back to where Acts 2 again. <laughs> mm, God yeah. bless you, Bobby. Thank, Thank you, you Bobby. so much. I appreciate you. And mm. again, I just want to say I'm so sorry for your loss. We, yeah. you know, there. I, and, well, God bless you, Bobby. Thank you for calling. Will Thank the Great, you. where do we go next? All right, let's go to Jamie in Louisiana. Hi, Jamie. Hello, hello, Will and uh, Mickey. Mickey, I get I get names all messed up. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm used to it. It's okay, Jamie. But, yeah, but I just want to thank God for you guys. Uh, you guys have a strong uh, prophetic voice, and I, I pray that a lot of the listeners are catching it, you know, um, because words are very important. You know, the Bible, Jesus said, my, my, my words are spirit in their life. And you guys are definitely, definitely speaking forth life in what you're saying. And I'm paying attention to the word. I do want to say this here. Um, America does not realize how important uh, what you're saying and along with other things that are going on in the world is happening right now. And one of the things that came that the God's been dealing with me about is that when in the book of Daniel, when um, Belshazzar was given that prophetic word from Daniel, that his kingdom was about to be taken from him because he was mm-hmm. – he was found wanting in the balance, and that's what God's mm-hmm. been telling me. The America is at the point now to where it's being found wanting in the balance. Mm-hmm. And if God has allowed his own country, Israel, to be taken into captivity, the northern and southern, I don't mean to sound doom and gloom, but we got to deal with what's real. That's right, Jamie. in the word of God. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, the, the, when the, the northern kingdom had 40 kings, and all of them were wicked, they were taken into captivity. But the southern kingdom had some good kings. But eventually, the leadership got into corruptness, and, 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 and all of a sudden, God allowed it to ease away into three strong captivities to where it was going. I said that to say this here. If America does not repent mm-hmm. from high up down below, it's going to go into a place of captivity. Because what I've seen, Mickey and, and, and Will, is that in Revelation, I don't see <laughs> I'm not saying I'm a prophetic scholar, but I have not seen America in, in, in the end times in prophetic word in Revelation. Mm-hmm. So that tells me something, that something is going to happen. The church is going to be well, but it's the ones who have leaving God and the ones who don't know God, that this is a strong warning that God is using in this season to wake his people up. And you mm-hmm. guys have a strong prophetic ministry that's warning the people. And I just want to thank God for y'all to keep sounding the trumpet. Amen. Brother Jamie, Jamie, God bless you. And let me just say to what our brother just said, if you have an ear to hear, Mm. listen, Mm -hmm. because there there is nothing needed to to add to that, Brother Jamie. And I, 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 you know, I look, I just want to say thank you so much for the boldness that it takes, because, look, we like us. (laughs) <laughs> we can't we right we we like us we like our nation like we like things we we want things to go well with mm-hmm. us and we even expect it so when there is a when there is a word that comes forward and people are like no don't say that i don't want to hear from them they only he only tells me bad things i don't mm-hmm. want to you know it makes us uncomfortable but i'll tell you if we are discerning and we fear god will listen 
and will turn right yeah. rather than say, ah, oh, no, don't worry about that. Right. Blue skies are, or what is it? Gray skies are going to clear up or something like that. We don't, right. you know, we, anyways, Jamie, thank you. Yeah. Where do we go next? Will the great. All right. Let's go to John in Tennessee. Hi, John. Hey, how you doing? Good. Good. Hello. Listen, I just want to, um, interject some of the things that we're allowing that we shouldn't be allowing in our children just because they want to be like everybody else. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. A world-famous evangelist found out that his 15-year-old daughter was hooked on pornography, Mm -hmm. and it was from his giving her, at 11 years old, a a, a, a telephone Mm -hmm. to allow her to hook up to the internet. Mm-hmm. Come on, John. Now, Sweden has done studies. Now, Sweden is one of the most liberal uh, countries in the world, and they did a study on electronics for children, mm-hmm. and they said it messes up their minds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And the thing we have to learn as a Christian to ha- a Christian mother and father, is to learn the word no. That's you right. You can't have a cell phone. Mm-hmm. That's you right. You can't have a tablet that is mm-hmm. hooked up to the Internet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They Man, have jo- them, and they're not hooked up to the Internet. That's different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we're allowing the devil to teach our children at very young ages uh, all all of them have, are hooked. Uh, they did a study, and 70 or 80% of the young men, uh, young boys, mm-hmm. from 11 to 15, 80% were hooked on pornography. Yeah. Man, yeah, John. John, thank you thank so you. much. You're right. Excellent points made. You're right. Excellent points. I, I'm telling you, this is one of those things, and we'll go quickly back to the phone lines. This is one of those things where... Um, you know, I say it all the time. I don't care. I don't care what the culture is doing. Like I, there's if, <laughs> and some people will tell you, well, it's unavoidable. You have to get them a phone. No, you, no, you don't. You don't get you don't get them to. if if you need them to be able to contact you, get them one of them little go phones where you load up <laughs> some minutes. On yeah, yeah. They'll live. They'll live, yep. and they'll thank you for it in the end. All right, where do we go next, Will the Great? All right, let's go to Teresa in New York. Hi, Teresa. Good afternoon, and I, too, thank you both for your teachings, and thank God for leading me to you. Oh, God bless and you. I am one of those parents <laughs> that was acting like I was X2 when I'm really X17. Mm-hmm. I watched my daughters get swallowed up by society, and I'm in tears at the moment, and I just want to know, what do we do now? Mm-hmm. They're both out of the home. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, oh, God, I see my error. And it's just heartbreaking. Yeah. Heartbreaking. Yeah. God bless you, Teresa. Yeah, let God me let you. me take let me take a minute. Um, mm-hmm. And we may wrap up the show with this because okay. we can hear your pain and you are not alone. And, and I and I'm not saying that to as the encouragement. I'm saying that as just to know that you are not alone. And so here is what I would say. And, and Will the Great, I'm sorry, I'm going to steal your line here. <laughs> Uh, first we have to begin with prayer. Amen. So what is going to happen for what is going to have to happen for every parent 
who can see clearly now. The Lord reveals these things. Oh, man, I should have done this when I didn't do this. His grace is sufficient, number one. Number two, pray. Number three, you're going to have to evangelize your children. And that's a little bit foreign because you're like, wait, what? But they know. Now we're going to have to not assume what they know. Mm. We're going to have to start from scratch and we're going to have to work Acts 17. Let me tell you who God is. So we're going to have to get back to the basics and find these ways where we can get the gospel to our children. And let me say this, too. There will also be opportunities to our sister, Teresa. There will be opportunities to display humility and to say, listen, I didn't get that right. But here, let me let me talk to you about this. You, You understand what I'm saying? All right. We're out of time until tomorrow. Lord willing. God bless.